Welcome back to the Hemingway List podcast of Book 14, Chapter 15. What do you think the future holds for Pierre now that he has been rescued? Good question. Much better podcast today. I don't have the hiccups. That's nice. Ripster 66 says, Pierre will be a changed man after this experience, and I can only hope it is for the better. The ending of this chapter was quite poignant, I thought. We have a recently freed Pierre, still in shock, I'm sure, an ill-tempered Dolokhov urging on French prisoners, and we already know he will not treat them well. Then there's Denisov grieving and carrying the body of a young, foolhardy picture. For characters we've gotten to know over many months, all here in the same place and all in very different states, this is sort of the payoff for such a long book with so many characters. You get scenes like these that, although brief, carry so much weight because we've known them for so long. Rad I Jost, Rattle Jost says Pierre is so surprising, for lack of a better word, wishy-washy. I love him. Yeah, Pierre is awesome. Twisted Every Way says, to be honest, I have no idea what's going to happen to Pierre. I think his experience has profoundly changed him, but what will he do after all this? I don't know much about Russian history, so I don't know how society will be after all the wars, economically and socially. I would imagine some hardships are coming. FDLP1 says, the water drop similarly resonated with me as both a metaphor for life, but also for Tolstoy's craft, merging our recent droplets of Pierre Denisov and Dolokhov into the total single drop of war and peace. Nicely said. Um, I was a little distracted from yesterday's chapter by the fact that I was hiccuping through the whole thing, which kind of ruined it for me. Hopefully it didn't ruin it for you as well. But it is great. I love scenes in books where, like epics, and shows and stuff as well, and movies do this well, where you have a whole cast of characters kind of many main characters and then you have that one scene where they all come together and this is one of those all right i'm ready to read you chapter 16 goes like this after the 28th of october when the frosts began the flight of the french assumed a still more tragic character with men freezing or roasting themselves to death at the campfires while carriages with people dressed in furs continued to drive past carrying away the property that had been lost by the emperor, kings and dukes. But the process of the flight and disintegration of the French army went on essentially as before. From Moscow to Vyazma, the French army of 73,000 men not reckoning the guards, who did nothing during the whole war but pillage, was reduced to 36,000, though not more than 5,000 had fallen in battle. From this beginning, the succeeding terms of the progression could be determined mathematically. The French army melted away and perished at the same rate that Moscow to Vyazma, from Vyazma to Smolensk, from Smolensk to the Berezina, and from the Berezina to Vilna. Independently of the greater or lesser intensity of the cold, the pursuit, the barring of the way, or any other particular conditions. Beyond Vyazma, the French army, instead of moving in three columns, huddled together into one mass, and so went on to the end. Berthier wrote to his emperor, who now, who, sorry, to his emperor, we now, oh my god, I can't read. Berthier wrote to his emperor, we know how far commanding officers allow themselves to diverge from the truth in describing the condition of an army, and this is what he said. It's so weird when you change, uh, like, narrative perspective mid-sentence. Like saying, we know how far... 
like we know that's third no second person present tense from a novel that's entirely third person past tense suddenly there's a sentence in second person present tense very confusing anyway this is what the note said i deem it my duty to report to your majesty the condition of the various corps i have had occasion to observe during different stages of the last two or three days march they are almost disbanded scarcely a quarter of the soldiers remain with the standards of their regiments the others go off by themselves in different directions hoping to find food and escape discipline in general they regard smolensk as the place where they hope to recover during the last few days many of the men have been seen to throw away their cartridges and their arms in such a state of affairs whatever your ultimate plans may be the interest of your majesty's services demands that the army should be rallied at smolensk and should first of all be freed from ineffectives such as dismounted cavalry, unnecessary baggage, and the artillery material that is no longer in proportion to the present forces. The soldiers who are worn out with hunger and fatigue need these supplies as well as a few days' rest. Many have died these last days on the road or at the bivouacs. This state of things is continually becoming worse and makes one fear that unless a prompt remedy is applied, the troops will no longer be under control in case of an engagement. November 9th, 20 miles from Smolensk. After staggering into Smolensk, which seemed to them a promised land, the French, searching for food, killed one another, sacked their own stores, and when everything had been plundered, fled further. They all went without knowing whither or why they were going. Still less did that genius Napoleon know it, for no one issued any orders to him, but still he and those around him retained their old habits, wrote commands, letters, reports, and orders of the day called one another sire, mon cousin, a prince de Ecmoule, roi de Naples, and so on. But these orders and reports were only on paper, nothing in them was acted upon, for they could not be carried out, and though they entitled one another, majesties, highnesses, or cousins, they all felt that they were miserable wretches who had done much evil for which they had now to pay. And though they pretended to be concerned about the army, each was thinking only of himself and of how to get away quickly and save himself. Alright, there we go. That's the chapter. Thanks for listening. Catch you tomorrow.